Welcome back into the Door Report. I am Billy Derrick, unfortunately not joined by my usual co-host, Will Byram, but we do have a special guest, a first-time guest here on the Door Report. His name is Andrew Allegretta. He was named Vanderbilt's Director of Broadcasting, Radio Broadcasting, uh, this season and very recently, and he's had quite the time in Omaha with, uh, you know, his his recent friend, Kevin Ingram. They've uh, been giving us the coverage there from Omaha. Andrew, thanks so much for doing this. First time uh, here on the podcast, hopefully first so many, and uh, thanks for taking the time. Happy to. I want to first start, Andrew, with um, you obviously coming over to Nashville and, and um, you know, kind of being a new face uh, on West End here recently. Um, obviously, you, you came over from Tulane. What, what has that quick uh, somewhat transition been like for you? And, and, and uh, how did that uh, come about coming over here to Nashville? Yeah, it's pretty remarkable, right? So I think it was the announcement on a Wednesday, and then I flew out to Omaha on a Thursday. So that's, that's one heck of a turnaround from, <laughs> from announcement to uh, getting started here. Um, so just in terms of getting here, I'm really excited. I'm really grateful for the opportunity. There's a lot of reasons why this job uh, was incredibly interesting to me and something that I wanted to pursue pretty passionately. Um, first off, you know, I've told the story before, uh, but, you know, being in my field, you come out of college, you kind of set these um, abstract goals of wanting to be able to broadcast and be involved in the highest level of college athletics that you can, and it doesn't get any higher than the SEC. Mm -hmm. And then the second piece of that whole thing is to do it at Vanderbilt University um, means a lot to me for a lot of different reasons. First off, I understand uh, the tradition that Vanderbilt has certainly recently with the baseball program. And I know the peaks and valleys when it comes to the other sports as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but on top of that, my wife is from the Nashville region. Nashville okay. is about as good as it gets when it comes to cities in America. And her mom still lives in the area. Her brother still lives in the area. Her sister still lives in the area. So to be able to check both professional and personal boxes uh, doesn't happen very often. In, right. in fact, you're almost resigned to one or the other. Uh, so the fact that I was able to pair both of them, I mean, it was, it was something that I had to sort of move all of my chips in on the table, so to speak. <laughs> so I'm thrilled the way it's come together, plus to be able to do it. Uh, with Kevin Ingram, who's just a fantastic representative for this university. Um, it, it, it really has been a nice fit. Yeah, sounds like a perfect fit. And, uh, you know, we welcome you with open arms. And uh, we really can't wait to see what uh, you and Kevin have in store, especially moving forward. You got basketball season, um, obviously, coming up. And then football, football there before basketball. But it uh, should be a fun, um, you know, next you know, next, however long this lasts here with you guys at, at Vanderbilt. And, and I want to turn uh, quickly here. Obviously, you guys are in Omaha, and it's been quite the past few days uh, here for the Vandy boys. Obviously, last night was ridiculous. Uh, I think as a Vanderbilt uh, fan and, and from that fan perspective, watching that, uh, still, I think there's a lot of fans shocked and stunned by, by what they saw. Uh, so from your perspective up in the booth, I know you're doing color. Um, so, you know, you weren't calling the play, but you – you might have had a, a different perspective maybe than Kevin there with, with an eyes on, on a separate person or, or um, play maybe. So I guess that last play, we'll, we'll start there, the last wild pitch. Uh, we'll start kind of backwards. <laughs> so sure, what, did you, sure. what did you see specifically there uh, from your point of view and how, you know, what was going through your mind in that moment? 
Well, I think stunned and shocked are certainly good places to start. If you're talking about kind of odd things that you pick up on as a color commentator, I noticed the fact that when that got to the backstop, it got caught in the padding. So yeah. there was no chance either uh, for a ricochet. And I don't think you're going to get Spencer Jones regardless, just because the backstops are so deep in yeah. Omaha probably doesn't matter. But the fact that it got caught in the padding meant there was zero chance uh, for Stanford <laughs> catcher to try to get it to back and try to get Jones out. I thought that was um, that was something kind of that you didn't catch immediately, but it certainly cemented the fact that Jones was going to come home to score. Um, that whole inning, really the final couple of batters, I thought it was very interesting to me the way that it just slowly unraveled for Beck. Um, right. Feel for him just as a human being <laughs> because that's the Pac-12 pitcher of the year. And he could not have looked more dominant through eight Commodore hitters. Yep. But as you go back and you watch it, you can kind of recognize, okay, the fastball is starting to leak out of the zone. Uh, the curveball, the slider, they don't have the same bites as they were having throughout the first four to five batters. So by the time that you got the hoppier Baz, boy, he was so patient. He was. Uh, oh my goodness. And the command of the strike zone is really difficult to have in college baseball. I think it's hard to have in baseball to begin with, but to right. have it in college baseball when there is sometimes blurred lines on the edges of the strike zone, mm -hmm. if we're just being candid with it, right. uh, to have a strong understanding of the fact that a couple of those pitches were outside, he laid off of them to go down one, two and have that sort of patience. Mm -hmm. uh, not a lot of hitters would have that. Uh, I think that's a credit to him. Uh, and then from there on out, I, I thought what Enrique did being aggressive with the first pitch is also a testament to his ability to mature as a freshman. Yes, he's a freshman, but he's playing in his, what is it, 60 something game at this point in time. Uh, so to understand, like I was saying, that Beck's breaking ball wasn't as sharp as it was. He was guessing breaking ball, I think. And he was aggressive with it, I thought was really mature. Um, so I think top to bottom, you know, look, did Vanderbilt get a couple of things that broke its way in the final couple of batters? Of course. I mean, they won on a walk-off wild pitch. Uh, but they, they made their luck uh, by being really smart with the patience of Baz and being very aggressive and intelligent with the approach of Bradfield. It, it, was, it was something that we'll all – some, somehow we're kind of glazing over what Gonzalez did against Arizona just because of how strange right, the game right. was. Yeah, it's, uh, there was a lot to unpack in, in last night. And, and um, you know, we, this could be a, a really long podcast if we, if we dive into every small tidbit. But I want to start the first four innings, Andrew. And, and watching, watching this team, it, you know, Tim Corbin, I think, said it best. They looked like they were playing in quicksand. And, and there was no, um, you know, sense of urgency. They, they, they looked like they were playing timid. And and, you know, the errors were, were uh, unusual and unfamiliar. So um, it, it was a different team, those first four innings, than you saw later in the game. And obviously you saw the pep talk uh, from Tim Corbin, who has gotten, has gotten a lot. <laughs> the pep talk is the nice way to phrase it. Um, but, yeah, there are probably a few choice words said there. Uh, but, uh, Andrew, those first four innings, what did you see there? And obviously you haven't been here the whole season, but from in Omaha, how different – uh, did they look those first four innings uh, from from the rest of their time in Omaha? And 
were you surprised they were able to kind of claw back from from how bad it looked there at the beginning? So obviously, I would echo what Tim Corbin said about the quicksand, the fact that they weren't playing with freedom. He talked about the fact that for so many of these guys, it was the first time they had ever faced elimination. Um, I know that's been a talking point. It's one of those things that coaches want to talk about that nobody wants to hear. It's mm -hmm. the fact that, oh, yeah, just because we've got Vanderbilt across our chest doesn't guarantee that these guys understand every little moment of the ups and downs of a season or a trip to Omaha. Uh, and I think all of these guys really playing their first moment in an elimination game, you know, whether it's just being tight, whether it's quicksand, whether it is not really, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't want to speak for those guys, but obviously there was something to it. And, and coach Corbin said as much in the press conference after the game that he felt like the freedom uh, kind of came back starting in the fourth, fifth and sixth inning. Um, I, I, I think more than anything else, I keep coming back to it to have the luxury of Nick Maldonado, Chris McElpain, and Luke yep. Murphy in the bullpen is huge. Uh, Vanderbilt is not two and one in Omaha without those three guys. Mm -hmm. um, Rocker was excellent, and it's, it's unfair to hold him to the standard of a perfect game every single time he grabs the baseball. He was excellent uh, in the start against Arizona, retired 15 consecutive. Having said that, he left, and it was not going Vanderbilt's way. And out of the bullpen were three tremendous performances right down to McElvain, who faced four batters, gave up a leadoff double, and the guy stayed right there. Uh, to have that sort of success out of the bullpen is the reason I think that Vanderbilt sits here at uh, two and one in the College World Series with an opportunity to try to take two from NC State uh, to get the College World Series championship going on Monday night. Uh, I so could. Yeah. I, I keep. I keep coming back to those three guys. I think they are. They are the one a reason that that Vanderbilt sits where it is. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, th those three guys, um, and even Hugh Fisher for a batter. Uh, even though it was one batter, um, throwing him in there in a spot like that uh, is is not easy. So um, it's it has been interesting. It'll be interesting to see how many of them, if all of them. Uh, might be available uh, here against NC State uh, tomorrow afternoon. And, uh, Andrew, I do want to ask you an interesting question. Um, now, there are so many big moments last night that, uh, that you can point to and say, hey, this is the reason uh, why Vanderbilt was able to come back. This is the reason they won. And I've, I've heard a lot of different reasons, and I'm not even sure I can pick one. I, have a, I don't even know. I've, I have a solid one right now. For you, is there a moment in that game where you realized, okay, this could be the moment that starts to swing things Vanderbilt's direction or any, you know, and then after the game, okay, that won them the game. That's the moment. I think the moment that probably gave them the chance to win. I don't know if it was a momentum swing or not, but I'd have to go back and find my notes. There was a bases loaded situation, I think in the eighth inning, right. And it was McElveen on the mount and got yes. the strikeouts. Um, I think that's probably the biggest moments out of the bullpen there to have a bases loaded situation to get out of it with nobody else scoring right. the way Vanderbilt has been swinging over the past, um, I don't know, 48 hours or so. They've come up with the timely hits, but it's not an offense scoring nine, 10, 11 runs at the moment. either. No. Uh, so if, if Stanford has the opportunity to go up, I don't know if it would have been six to four or seven to four at the moment, whatever it was it, that this game's out of reach. Yeah. Uh, so that was huge. I think probably the thing that, that gave them some belief was Dominic Keegan's home run. Yeah. Uh, an interesting note there is the fact that we were, we were talking about it during the broadcast. 
prior to Carter getting walked and Dominic hitting the home run, Vanderbilt had gone seven consecutive either hits or walks that were not followed by another hit or walk, meaning mm. they were getting someone on and doing nothing with it. Yeah. Um, and, and the credit needs to go to Sam Highfield for NC States and the way that Matthews was throwing for Stanford and quite frankly, going back to Silseth for Arizona. All three of them had fantastic performances. Mm-hmm. But to win in Omaha, you're going to need to do that eventually. Yeah. And, and they finally did. They got the walk from Carter. They got the two-run home run from Dominic. And, and I thought if nothing else, that just you, you get the speech from Corbin, you get the home run from Dominic, and at least there's a heartbeat back into the team. Right. And, and as a Vanderbilt uh, fan, seeing Tim Corbin that animated and that emotion filled was was new and different. You know, you don't see that every day from a guy like Coach Corbin, um, but it obviously, you know, lit a fire under them. And, and you know, hearing that, I can only imagine from Corbin, you have to, you, you've got to play better. You know, I mean, I don't, there's there's you can't play worse after that. So um, I do want to ask you, though, Andrew, you have an interesting perspective right now as someone who isn't necessarily familiar with this program. Um, as much, obviously, as, as a Kevin Ingram or, or um, someone like that. But you've come in here at a, a, a great time, a, t- a <laughs> run at Omaha. What has been your, uh, I guess, overall perspective and view of how Corbin runs this program? Because I'm sure you've been able to talk to him, speak with other people uh, within this program. I always like to ask people this question. Um, what do you think has, has separated him, uh, I guess, from the pack, from your point of view early on, um, here in these past couple of weeks uh, from your perspective? Yeah, so the first thing to me is I'm coming from Tulane where the head baseball coach down there is Travis Jewett. Yes. Who was the assistant, right, on the 14 team and I, I believe the 15 team as well. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. So I, I, I've been able to use him as a resource to understand what it means to be around a Vanderbilt program. And, and, and Travis does his darndest to be himself but also implement the things that, that he admires in Coach Corbin, of which right. there are many. Um, I, I, I think, the, I think the, the, the passion, how detail-oriented this whole operation is, is really stunning. Um, it, it, it doesn't seem to throttle down at all. And I think that's obviously a testament uh, to, the, to the work ethic the attention to detail ability of coach Corbin and it rubs off on everybody Um, that stands out as much as anything to me to have that level of focus uh, to have that level of consistency to really never turn it off um, is really impressive there's a reason he's won 900 career games Uh, there's a reason he's won 800 at Vanderbilt Um, he's obviously very smart he's obviously a a skilled and gifted motivator. Um, he obviously has surrounded himself by, by, with really good people, whether it's Baxter or Brown or, you know, just go down the list, doesn't matter. Um, he, he has set up a top to bottom organization that is just crisp. And that's more than anything else. It just feels, feels crisp. It feels like we're running a professional organization around here. And, and that, that is that's Corbin because it's hard to do on the collegiate level. It's easy for things to fall through the cracks or yeah, there's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff about running a cottage organization. That's not running a professional organization. Um, and, and Corbin very much has made this a professional organization. 
I could not agree more. And I love that word crisp. Uh, that's a great adjective for, for this program. Uh, Andrew, I want to turn our attention now to tomorrow afternoon. I uh, got a one o'clock Eastern time first pitch Vanderbilt and NC State. It has not been officially announced, but the expectation is that Kumar Rocker will be on the mound for Vanderbilt. Uh, and then if they were to win, you would see Jack Leiter uh, there in the second game against NC State. Now that's the expectation. We do not know uh, what will happen, but uh, for Vanderbilt in this situation, you got to imagine that's what would happen. Now, looking at this team right now, Andrew, do you think this has kind of, um, you know, broken a seal of some sort and kind of, all right, now this team can can re reset their themselves and, and get back to their normal selves kind of late in the season when they were playing their best baseball. Uh, do you think that uh, that win kind of could, could have rejuvenate this team here in the next couple games? Certainly hope so. I think NC State's going to be exceedingly difficult um, as much as, and I was talking about this with Kevin, it feels like Vanderbilt has been sprinkled by some magic dust with the way that they've beaten Arizona and Stanford now. If there's a team that's receiving more of that, it's NC State. Yep. What they've been able to do over the past couple of weeks. Uh, to get through the Louisiana Tech Regional was not easy. Uh, saw that Louisiana Tech team at Tulane this season. They're very good. Uh, Love Shack is a tough place to play, too. It's a tough place, and I'm telling you, that place in Ruston, coming off of what they went through back in 2019, if people know that story, a tornado knocked down their stadium. Right. Uh, in fact, the person that was a catalyst to rebuild it is now on Vanderbilt staff, Tommy McClellan, as an administrator. There you go. Yeah, uh, there's the connection there. But they, they rebuilt that thing and getting that regional there was was everything to them. So to go in there and do that. OK, that's obviously going through um, Kevin Copps, going through Brendan Beck against Stanford in the first game, going through Jack Leiter. Uh, they they have just they've just been that it team that's been a, a giant slayer over the past couple of weeks so it's going to take everything Vanderbilt has whether that's rocker on Friday rocker on Saturday lighter on Saturday if they can get there lighter on Monday I, I wouldn't be surprised to see any of those particular combinations you're still right. sitting there with Riley available to you. And again, you're still sitting there with Maldonado, Murphy, and McElveen all ready to go. Um, they've started to see their pitch counts tick up a little bit uh, through, I guess, two performances for those guys since they didn't throw in the NC State game. But the way that this tournament lines up sort of benefits the pitching staff with a day off in between every single time with the exception of if you go Friday, Saturday. Um, I would throw the caveat out there that there is some weather expected through Omaha uh, tonight, tomorrow, potentially into the weekend. Mm -hmm. So the schedule could get turned around and that might impact everything. In fact, as I look over my shoulder outside the hotel here, I think the Texas Virginia game is, is 25 minutes from starting. Okay. Wow. Well, it, it was supposed to start two a little and a bit half late. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we had a rain delay here tonight. So all of those things are factors. I, I just, I think things set up in a way that it's, it's very hopeful. Um, but I, I just look at what NC state has done and, and whatever ride they're on is going to have to be halted somehow. And doing yeah. so is not going to be simplistic because they are just two swings. They're here with yeah. two swings, one against cops, one against lighter. Uh, yeah. So to have that sort of 
confidence and belief, you're going to have to land a good punch to get them down. Exactly right. And, and they do seem like you talked about it, that kind of that team of destiny right now. And, and uh, Vanderbilt, uh, obviously you have rocker and lighter there, uh, whether uh, that's the order Corbin goes with, who knows? I do have a one more here for you, Andrew, before I let you go um, on that specific topic. Now, Corbin has been the type of coach to stick with the order, you know, stick with continuity. Um, now he kind of changed it up a little bit there with Christian little uh, going yesterday and, and not Patrick Riley. Was that a move you think to pitch Riley tomorrow? Or is this something Corbin is looking at game by game and saying, okay, not looking too far in the future. We're taking this by a game by game situation. I know we, we don't know what's going on in his mind, but you know, from, from the past week or so you've been with this team, is there a sense you get of what direction he might go? So I don't know <laughs> is the first answer. All right. I think, I think if I had to hunt a guess, knowing not really Coach Corbin specifically, but coaches in general, I think it's game to game. Yeah. Um, I think trying to project too far into the future is difficult. Mm -hmm. um, I think you have to be cognizant of it, especially as a baseball coach, because you burn bullpens and then you're squeezed. Um, but I think little against Stanford was as much of a matchup thing as anything else. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that is notable about Stanford is they can clobber you really fast. Yeah. Uh, they had a huge inning against Arizona. They scored seven against Texas Tech. They bludgeoned the Red Raiders uh, and they did it quickly with four run innings with five run innings and while Widely has this tremendous potential and he's had a good freshman season as I understand it looking through the box scores every now and then it gets a little shaky and then someone can put three or four runs on the board fast yeah yeah so if that's the matchup it seems like little seems like a better fit uh, which is not to knock Riley and it's not to over pump up little, but you're looking for matchups and that seems mm -hmm. to be the matchup. And then to play that forward, if you're looking about continuity and not to mess up the rotation, if you throw rocker on Friday, it's, it's on, it's on one day short rest. But if you were to throw lighter on Saturday, that's two days short rest. And now right. you're asking a little bit more. So, I mean, if I had to throw a couple of nickels down, I'd say probably Rocker on Friday, Riley on Saturday with hopefully a very fresh bullpen. And then you can use lighter again on Monday night to start off the World Series. You can go back to Little on Tuesday, I suppose, and then, mm -hmm. hope, to, then hope to piece together a couple of innings from Rocker on Wednesday if you need it. I, I don't, again, that's just all just hyper-speculation. Yeah. Hyper-speculation. Uh, but I, I think I think trying to get these guys, especially Rocker and Lighter, on as much full rest as you can get them, while at the same time acknowledging matchups and the win now mentality is it's a fine line to walk. But th that all of the things that I just laid out there seem to do that the most. It's a guess. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But I I don't I don't know that. I just I kind of hunch that lighter is not a Saturday guy this week. It's just just a two days short rest is a lot for someone that threw about 120, 25 pitches, whatever it was. Right. Against the same team, you know, that uh, that did hit a bomb against him. Uh, they found a way to beat him. Um, so we're going to have to see it's, it's this these uh, this next week or so should be really fun, especially if you are in Omaha like Andrew is. 
He will be there with Kevin Ingram tomorrow. You can watch it on uh, on ESPN2, 1 p.m. Eastern time, Vanderbilt and NC State. If that time holds, uh, we're going to have to see. <laughs> Again, you just talked about the weather. Uh, it could turn into a night game, which I think wouldn't be horrible uh, for a lot of uh, maybe Vandy fans working. So we were going through the rule book over there, and I don't think this is going to happen since the game now appears to be playable tonight. But if for some reason there was a postponement tonight, everything gets pushed back a day. So Bandy wouldn't play again until Saturday. Okay, wow. Uh, I, that, that's my understanding that's, of that's big. Going, going through the rules. But, I, again, the rain seems to be holding off here tonight, and I, I think uh, – Yeah, well, let's hope they get this game in tonight. That's, uh, yeah. that's our hope right now. And uh, Andrew Allegretta will be there along with Kevin Ingram. Uh, so be sure to tune in on 95.9 FM in the Nashville area. Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time. Again, good luck with your coverage the rest of the way. And uh, here's to Vanderbilt. Uh, staying there till next week. We're going to have to keep an eye on them. But uh, thanks again for taking the time. Yeah, fingers, fingers crossed. Take it down, man.